is Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Good afternoon and welcome to the show. Well, here we are, almost the middle of February. And what happens to the real estate market? It is staying as hot as we have ever seen it. In fact, lots of news to talk to you about this week. You know, multiple offers, huge sales, even in Greektown. And I'm going to talk to you about some of that as well. Let me tell you who my guests are this week. We have Mayor of Hamilton, Mr. Fred Eisenberger. He's going to be joining us in a little while. You want to stay tuned for that one. As most of you know, Hamilton has been one one of the most incredible markets in Canada over the last few years. And you know what? It's not slowing down. Right now, their dollar, their dollars are going up and up. Unbelievable values coming out of Hamilton. And yet, you know what? They still haven't been topping out the rest of the GTA. So if I say it's affordable in Hamilton, I mean the fact that, you know what, it's still lower priced than the common area of the GTA, and yet their increases are staggering. So we're going to be talking to the mayor there as well. Are you thinking about RSPs this year? Well, deadline's coming up, and I'm pretty sure most of you are seeing these incredible commercials out there making everybody look younger, fitter, and having incredible retirements. Well, what are you going to do with your RSPs? Well, in a little while, I'm going to have Ed Wells from Community Trust. Uh, Ed is a business developer there. And one of the things that we're going to be talking about is what do you do with your RSPs once you get them? Are you really getting the returns you need? Well, we're going to talk more about that. And of course, one of my favorite guests, Tim Hudak. He is CEO of Aria. He'll be joining us in a little while. We're going to be talking about the Ontario market. What is Tim looking at for the future this year, next year, and some of the stuff coming down the pipeline? So a lot to talk about today for sure. Great guests. And again, Minutes with the Mayor, Fred Eisenberger is going to be joining us later in the hour from Hamilton. And we're going to be talking about the Hamilton market. Hey, listen, you know what? I just want to thank all the mayors that have been joining us over the last few weeks. They have been awesome. And we're going to continue on this segment. Seems like everybody likes to uh, hear about the different marketplaces. And, uh, you know, eventually we're going to expand right across Ontario. There are marketplaces that people just aren't aware of. And if you're thinking of perhaps moving into the outer markets, there's a lot of opportunities and some great value. So we're going to continue on hopefully every week by featuring a new area with a mayor that's going to join us and talk about their marketplace. But let's go to our marketplace. This week, uh, you know, it it was interesting. I was listening to John Moore the other morning. And folks, if you really want to get the latest news, you definitely have to tune in to John. He is on top of it. But one of the things that I heard on his show, one of the roundtables, which of course, the Simple Investor sponsors, uh, was the fact that there was a property and they called it kind of, uh, this was the description, a small lot, small property, century old home listing in around $690,000 sold for basically a million fifty. Staggering number. Everybody's saying, okay, what the heck is happening? Why? Why is it going for so much money? And, you know, interesting comments from some of the people on the panel. And I think the one that we have to revisit time and time again, and the most important one you need to remember is we don't have more land. So it's going to make sense that every single time we're looking into an an area of market that's growing a little bit further out, a little bit further out. Listen, um, you're either going to buy it or you're going to lose it. And this is, I think, a lot of people's mentality. So, Interestingly enough, though, is the fact that most builders today are quoting a starting price of about $200 a square foot. So let's say you can only put, let's say, 3,000 square feet. And for most of you, you're saying that's a huge house. Well, they use a footprint, so there's only so much you can do as a foundation. 
Let's throw up a 300,000, sorry, 3,000 uh, square foot house, $200. And that's if we're doing it basic, 600,000, throwing a million onto it. You've got $1.6 million invested. How many of you are into that market? Well, seems like there's a lot of you. And this is one of the reasons why they are driving the actual plot of land up. I don't think that this is going to go away. I think we're going to continue to see this throughout the spring market. Again, there's just no more land. So this is where you're either going to buy it, own it, or forget it. You're going to rent it. So this is some of the things. Now, speaking of the rental market, hot topic this week. And I got to tell you, it was one of those things that really perked up my ears. And I want to talk to you all about it because it has to do with tenants and landlords. In Parkdale, a building that uh, the tenants decided to go on a rent strike. Now, I've never heard of this before where all the tenants get together and say, we're not paying the landlord. So let me explain what has happened. Uh, being managed by a property management company landlord, they turned around and the landlord has decided that they're going to go from for the maximum amount increase on the rent this year, which is 5% above the 1.5% increase that you're allowed. So let me, let me kind of take a step back for those of you that aren't uh, really familiar with this, is that every single year in Ontario, if your property is under rent control, which means it was built before 1991, the landlord is... Uh, has to go by the guidelines uh, that gets released every single year by the landlord tenant board. That means that this year, anybody that had one of the older properties, 1.5% is what you are legally allowed to increase your rent by. Now, the difference though, is the fact that if a landlord decides to invest into his property, so do a lot of renovations, which we've been seeing from some landlords and <laughs> a lot of them not, but they can turn around and make a special application and go up to a maximum of 5% rental increase for that year. Inclu and then you have to add the 1.5. So 6.5% maximum increase. At the 5%, what they're trying to do is recapture some of the expenses that they've now incurred in renovating a building. Well, in this Parkdale building, apparently all the tenants are saying, hey, the landlord hasn't done anything. In fact, you know what? We're using duct tape to keep some of our windows up and keep the air from coming in. So landlord's not doing what they're saying they're doing, and yet they've made this application. So they're going to be heard in front of the landlord tenant board. And what will have to happen is the landlord's going to have to produce documentation as well as invoices and bills that the work's been complete, or perhaps put in some form of scale that says they're going to be spending X number of dollars. But in most cases, most landlords are not allowed to bill ahead of the improvements. They can only do deal with it once it's been done. So keep that in mind, folks, is that when you take a look at a building and you and you hear the landlord say, oh, we're going to be spending X number of dollars over the next year or two in improvements, they have every legal right to make an application to increase the rent. And again, maximum 5% on improvements, but more importantly, okay, your rent can go up if they can prove they actually put the work in. This is very important for you to understand this because if you are anticipating, you know, how much money you're making and you're at the max part of your ability to pay rent, then be very careful. Other than that, if the landlord has not improved it, then they can only go by what the Ontario 
landlord-tenant board and government agree to as far as rental increases. Now, in most cases here in Ontario, we look at anything we've had as low as 0.7 and as high as 3%. Right now, they're trying to standardize it right around between 1% and 2% on an average because they don't want rents to get out of control. Now, keep in mind, though, once a tenant vacates, the landlord now has the ability to charge whatever they want for the unit. In other words, you could be paying $800 per month. The next door neighbor who leaves, the landlord could charge them $1,200. Now, here's the thing. You're behind market rent for now they're building. So keep in mind, make sure you're paying your rent, pay it on time, and the landlord can't get rid of you. If you start doing the, oh, well, we can't pay this month, can't pay next month, the landlord's going to serve you what they call an N4, which means you're on your way out the door unless you get caught up. Just some piece of advice for you that are tenants. And again, the landlord, you do have room to increase rents, but legally you've got to show the documentation and the work has to be completed before you ask for the increase. So lots going on right now in the marketplace. Watching Toronto record sale again in the month of January. Right now, inventory is probably hitting an all-time low. As I mentioned last week, we're talking about Aurora, and we saw increase year over year, 55% from an asking price. That is staggering. And, you know, a low number in some of the marketplaces, uh, as low in Milton, down to 7%, but even Toronto sitting between 22 and 27% year over year. You know, where's it going to stop? Um, you know, a lot of people are asking me, Todd, are we going to face a crash? At 55% increase, we're going to. That, I can tell you, it's, that's not sustainable. Uh, what we need to do is we need to get control of the market. We need to get it to stabilize. This is going to create a problem. Sooner or later, somebody's going to step in, and that person just might be the Premier of Ontario or the federal government. And as we know in BC... The federal government, uh, sorry, the uh, provincial government in BC is actually taking a little bit step backwards off the foreign buyer tax and because they know that they've now flattened the market so much that they're actually going backwards. Uh, right now, predictions in uh, BC are the reduction somewhere between 8 and 10% this year and definitely not something that people are going to want in Ontario. So, as I've said before numerous times here on the show, keep your nose out of it, uh, Premier but at the end of the day, hopefully people are smart enough. Don't overspend. Don't fall for it. Uh, when prices are listed at $6.99, you know it's a bait and switch if the neighborhood is selling for a million. They're just simply trying to get more offers. Not something that I think you should be uh, you know, weighing into. And I'd tell you, you know, keep away from that. Uh, most people, unless you can afford it. And this is one of the things. Be very, very careful what you can afford. Always don't take the max what the uh, bank or your mortgage broker is telling you. Pull it back a little and keep in mind that it's going to be a lot more affordable if rates change. So one of the things I forgot to tell you is coming up April 27th is the Simple Seminar. That's right. First one of 2017. We haven't had one in six months. I know a lot of you have uh, registered for it. You'll be getting emails letting everybody know. We're going to be doing it from our new training center. And by the way, limited seating. In fact, um, we have to have confirmation, limited seating, 75 for this one, for the first one out of the gate, coming up April 27th. So if you're not on the list, uh, get yourselves on the list. By the way, uh, you have to show up. 
because there's going to be a lot of people that aren't going to be able to get in and we just don't have the seating uh, to get that first one going. So coming up April 27th. But uh, when we come back right after this, I've got Mr. Ed Wells from Community Trust. We are going to be talking about your RSPs and what you can do with them once you've got them. So stay with us. We'll be right back after this. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. Just before the break, as I was alluding to, uh, my next guest, Mr. Ed Wells. He's from Community Trust, and he is a business development manager there. And I want to talk to you about RRSPs. This is the season, folks. You know, all the ads are out. Everybody looks thin, healthy, even younger than they should be when they're retiring. And this is one of the things that people try to get you to invest in. And um, so, Ed, thanks so much for joining the show today. Oh, Todd, not a problem, not a problem. My pleasure. So, Ed, maybe you can uh, let our listeners know uh, who Community Trust is and and what kind of company Community is. Uh, Community Trust is a company we've been around since 1975. We're obviously regulated. Um, We are a flexible alternative to the larger traditional financial institutions that are out there. We, you know, have uh, residential mortgages that we work with residential uh, mortgage brokers with. Commercial mortgages, our deposit business, that's our GIC business that you get through deposit brokers, and our investment services. So we work with different companies and groups to uh, have individuals hold a registered account. So that's RSPs, RIFs, LIFs, and as well as TFSAs, uh, self-directed uh, within uh, within the investment services at Community Trust. And we are um, in Ontario. Uh, our head office is based in Mississauga. Excellent. So, Ed, you know, one of the things, of course, this is this is the season for RSPs. Everybody, you know, you know, either gets their RSP loans, they're putting money away, you know, they're looking for the tax advantage, of course, at this point, at this time of year. And, you know, I always I always chat about this and I, I, I do, you know, it's kind of a tongue in cheek comment. You know, a lot of people, you know, when the banks come out with their product, you know, uh, they, they see everybody, they're young, they're healthy, they're running down the beach with the dog. Or, of course, they're sitting on a 40 foot sailboat. And that's not always everybody's, you know, idea of retirement nor security. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of the things that uh, I'll tell our listeners is that community trust actually doesn't really advertise at all. It's actually, you know, everything is based on their their strength of, you know, how they develop their business, uh, obviously referral, a lot of that. And, you know, very impressive track record. And but yet, you know, you see these major financial institutions just blowing the bank. The month of February, I you know, their their budget is millions of dollars trying to get everybody to bring their RSPs, you know, and, and go through them. You know, is is this is this this is commonplace. I mean, we've seen it for years, but yet community has a much I I, I think more organic approach to things. Absolutely, uh, Todd. Our business is built on partnerships. Um, the vast majority of our business comes in through the partners that we have out there through the broker network as well as the different investment uh, companies that are out there, the mortgage investment corporations, the uh, lawyers and, and accountants and other groups that are doing um, syndicated mortgages or something that we find that is eligible for CRA 
uh, eligible investments of the RSPs. We're known for our customer service, so which uh, which is a nice way to go about business. Yeah, excellent. So let's let's talk about demographics. Um, you know, as as you know, here at News Talk 1010, we have a huge listenership. Um, you know, fortunately for us, with simply real estate, you know, I think there, there's probably you know several people listening at least. But more importantly, when we take a look at the demographics, uh, you know, the average person based on income, you know, amount of co- uh, uh, contributions made every single year. You've got some stats for me. Can you share them with us? What we look at, and I look at the, your listener base, and, um, you know, you're, the average person out there is probably making anywhere between seventy two to 75000 and And for 2016, they can contribute up to uh, $12,960. And that's really based off the fact that a person can contribute up to 18% of earned income from 2015 for their 2016. Also, you have to understand that a person can look at their notice of assessment from the year previous, and they at the bottom of it, you know, that notice of assessments, that baby blue form that you get after your tax has been filed. And on the bottom of that first page, you'll see your RSP deduction limit. And that gives you the amount that you can, you know, contribute for, uh, you know, to up to date right today. And one of the things that we know is, uh, you know, people's RSPs, when invested, you know, we've got a lot of people that are going into, you know, things like GICs and certain things. Uh, level of return, of course, uh, some modest returns over the years. Uh, maybe you can help us out with some of those numbers. It really has been, and what we've seen too, and why we've our business has grown and with some very strong partners, is because people are looking for yield. They're looking for a better rate of return. Because if you look at today's, you know, on the GICs, um, you, your one-year GICs around 1.62%, with a five-year being just under 2%. So, um, what you know, you know, a lot of people are saying, just can I do better with my money? Of those individuals out there that have investments, you know, over 70% are in fixed-income investments, such so GICs, term deposits, and bonds. Yep. And if you look over the last, you know, a uh, few years. Those rates of returns haven't been the greatest, and people want, as you're saying, they want that. They want that dream. They want to be on that boat. They they want to walk down that beach, and um, you know, over a length of period of time, I'm not sure if two percent is going to actually get them to their goal. So sure. that's why uh, there are a lot of people who are starting to partner with good ideas, good companies out there who are offering great investment ideas that may be a little bit alternative to what they traditionally are. But it's within their still there with within their risk uh, spectrum. So, um, you know that rate of return out there has been the greatest. And uh, so, you know, Ed, I, I I know our listeners or some of them that have been tuning on regularly, they know that we've partnered with Community Trust with our Simple RSP program. One of the things that, uh, fortunately, with with Community being our, our partner and we're very proud of it is the fact that people can secure and get a decent return out of their their money. Uh, as far as a mortgage product goes, and you know, the rate of returns are much higher than obviously. Um, one of the things that I would ask is, what is the best way for people to reach Community Trust at this time? Well, um, obviously, we we have our website, and you can go on, and you can you know you can go, uh, go on to our website and under their forms and publications, and get into an application for a registered account or TFSA, which uh, has been underutilized and. You know, you can get a catch-up total of about around $52,000 now, so um, that's a great opportunity. But it's also through our partners, Todd. I, I really uh, emphasize that, you, you know, that is if you're, if you're going to be working and you have that question, just look for our partners out there, and we're always happy to help, you know, who we work with. But more so, it's really our partners that are, that are driving our business, and uh, we really appreciate, you know, the, the partnerships that we have. Uh, very straightforward, though, you can contact us 
Uh, we're on communitytrust.ca. Uh, our contact information is there, and one of the investment services folks can really help out to anybody who's looking to uh, put together an application or put a, uh, an RSP or a TFSA or a LIF, RIF. We're always happy to help. Excellent. Well, listen, Ed, always a pleasure to talk to you, uh, and uh, and we appreciate you coming on Simply Real Estate today. And uh, we'll definitely have you come back and give us some updates throughout the year. Thanks, Todd. Thanks for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. And uh, all the very best. Excellent. Thanks so much. Folks, we'll be right back after this with Tim Hudak. So stay with us. We'll be right back. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. So, folks, you know what? Every once in a while, I like bringing in, uh, you know, a repeat guest and one that has great knowledge, not just about real estate, but, you know, economy, you know, things that are going on in the world. And, uh, you know, my my guest right now is Tim Hudak. I don't need to really give him a huge uh, introduction because everybody knows Tim here at the station. But more importantly, he is the new CEO of Aria. And Tim, thanks for joining us here at Simply Real Estate. Of course, Todd. Uh, great to be back on the program. You know, uh, Tim, it's always a pleasure, and I think you and I joke about this all the time, that, you know, real estate's one of those topics that you can have a three-hour show and still, you know, keep talking. And yeah, it, it, it's it, always something, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, 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 that's always true, but I find it even more so now. And, you know, Todd, when I, and I took over the new job after I left politics as the CEO of the Ontario Real Estate Association, like, when I'm at cocktail parties or out with friends or whatever, like, I mentioned that, and like it explodes. And all they tell us <laughs> two things: what's happening with housing prices in the GTA, and number two, you know, I got a son or daughter, and they're still at home. They got a good job. They got their degree, but they can't afford a house. Yeah, say, Tim, what are you going to do about it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, short of winning the lottery, um, you know, especially with some today's prices, you know, and 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 it's interesting because you know the same thing happens with myself is that when I'm out talking to people, and you know, they figure out what I do, and then they always want me to give them a prediction on the market, and you know, even when I walk here here into the station. You know, everybody says, okay, Todd, where's the market, where's the market going? And it's like, you know, look, if I, I'd have better luck predicting this, you know, the, the next week's Lotto 649, I think, than I would telling you where the market's going right now. And, <laughs> yeah, and I, 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 well, I mean, number one, I always think the bottom line is that the real estate is a, is a solid investment, right? And yeah, there's going to be ups and downs in the market, but uh, as the expression goes, we're not making any more of it. And certainly in the GTA, there's a, like the demand is increasing. The census data came out this week that said, you know, hundreds of thousands more people are going to be moving to the GTA in the next number of years. And uh, I, I just think that the price is going to remain strong in the GTA. The question, I think, for policymakers is, when these people are moving in, where are they all going to live? Yeah. And and that's a great point. You know, that's you know we know that the GTA is expanding. You know, we're in the millions now, obviously, in the in the Toronto core. Um, Interesting enough was, um, you know, John Moore, I was listening to him this week uh, on the round table, and they were talking about a sale in Greektown. And, you know, a little tiny home, little tiny lot, uh, you know, a definition of tiny may be different between people in the suburbs and people in downtown Toronto. But more importantly, listing around 699000 let's say, selling for a million fifty, And, you know, one of the big, biggest comments is, is that there is no more land. And so you either stake your claim now 
or you may never get it. And, you know, your your comment is, and, and I think it's a very valid one, and I think people need to realize that when you own it, you own it. It's yours. You know, yeah. real estate prices will fluctuate, but it's doing a couple of things. In the future, we know real estate will continue to go up. It's not one of those things that, you know, markets will adjust, but the reality is it will continue to go up because it's supply and demand. But, yeah, exactly. Demand is increasing sharply, and that's a good thing. People want to live here. They want to work here. Even the economy is not as strong as we would like. It's stronger than the rest of Canada. But the problem is on the supply side. So I was listening to the exact same John Moore show this, morning, this week. And, uh, um, you know, it's amazing. People are looking for that scarce single family home. But you know what? There are things that government can actually do, Todd. There are the province and the municipalities primarily can actually start modernizing some of our rules. They can help build more of the missing middle type of housing uh, in the city. And that way, you know, the young couple that wants to find a house or the empty nester that wants to leave the larger house and free up the starter home, like we can actually get this going and bring more supply into the market. So, Tim, how do you propose that gets done? Because, I mean, you and I have talked in the past, you know, obviously the green space, you know, there, there's issues there. Uh, we've talked to, we actually had an expert on a few a few months back, and, and she alluded to the fact that, Truthfully, they don't think that's the that the issue. Um, maybe not enough building permits are being released. You know, maybe the government's you know a little tight on that. Um, you know, where do you see the solution? I mean, you know, you you've worn different hats. You're in you're now in you know the leadership role, looking with Aria, saying, okay, listen, you know what, we we need more inventory. We need to be able to free it up. How can this be done? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the old hat. I mean, spent 21 years uh, in public life at Queens Park. You know, give you some perspective on a lot of, quite frankly, the outdated uh, rules or the pendulum swung a bit too far in terms of taking land and housing supply out of the marketplace. Let me give you, I got like about five of these things. Let me give you um, the missing middle. So we do have a lot of outdated uh, municipal bylaws that restrict what's called the missing middle, sort of like townhomes, semi-detached, low-rise buildings. We could do a lot of that where, for example, vacant commercial space currently exists. And there actually is a tax break to keep commercial spaces vacant. Let's eliminate that tax break and get an incentive to build housing there. And that will mean that some empty nesters that may be living in other neighborhoods will say, okay, I can stay in the city, I can sell my house, still get a place where my wife and I can live, and then that frees up that house, a starter home for a new family. See, that makes a lot of sense, and I understand why you're saying that, because obviously, you know, the, the density that you want, if you can create a stronger density, it makes more sense. You've got more tax dollars coming in, which is going to make it, all, you know, a lot more affordable to put in the new lines. Tim, one of the things that you and I haven't talked yet about, because um, I haven't had you on in a little while, was the fact that BC introduced the first-time homebuyer loan of 5%, interest-free, five years. So it'll help people come up with their down payment. Um, you know, my, my, my first, as soon as my first knee-jerk reaction was to, you know, I always like to call out, uh, you know, Kathleen Wynn on this, these kind of stuff. Uh, haven't heard from her, but more importantly, it was, uh, they should not do this in Ontario. I think, I think it's a huge mistake. What is your take on it? Well, number one, you can't take your eye off the ball. And the main problem is the lack of housing supply. So if you really want to fix a problem in, in, the, in the long run, the medium run, you got to do that. Now, there's no doubt this program would be very popular uh, in BC, I think, with the general public. For millennials uh, who are having trouble finding a home, um, their parents who have them still living at home. So I think it would be politically popular. The Ontario Realtors right now are looking at this to say, well, will this work in the Ontario uh, scenario or not, at least as a temporary measure? Because I do think there's a lot of public sympathy for first-time homebuyers. 
Look, I bought my first home in my early 30s, most of my friends, late 20s, early 30s. That's really tough for this generation today. Right. But but on top of that, though, Tim, are we not getting people into a position that maybe they can't afford in the future? Because there's going to be a time that they're going to have to pay it back. And, you know, if we start looking at defaults of loans in the future, depending on what happens with the market, and what if the market adjusts backwards? You know, so you now have a, a person that owns a property, they only have 5% down. You know, because the rules, you know, changing that if somebody's going up into the upper price range, they need 10% down. So when we take a look at it, does it make a lot of sense that we should be lending the down payment to them and pushing them further into debt where the future may not be bode well for them? You know, I, I need to get more details in the BC program. Just by coincidence, a lot of uh, the former team that I worked with at uh, Queen's Park, a number of them are now working in BC. So I've got my feelers out for our own decision on this matter. But my, my basic understanding, Todd, is that um, you still have to pass a stress test. They still do all the tests you normally would to make sure people are eligible for loans and can pay them back. I don't think they're just handing out money uh, hand over fist. Uh, I do believe that they've got some tough rules in place to make sure you can pay this um, back. And it does help with a down payment as opposed to long-term mortgage. Right. No, and, and, and that makes a lot of sense, Tim. And I understand the stress test uh, uh, you know, aspect of it. But my biggest concern is that you know life happens and the what-ifs and what happens if one person loses their job or, for that matter, the market does go backwards on us. You know, is it easier to walk away? And that, that's the only com- comment to it. And you know, I'd, I'd, I'd like to see – I like your idea. I think uh, you're, you're right on the mark when we, we need more inventory. This should soften the prices a little and give people a better opportunity to get into properties. Yeah, you got it. And once you're in the market, right, you're, you're you're set because the value should increase over time. You can upgrade and still sell your uh, your starter home, so to speak. Um, the other thing we can do on the financial side too, Todd, is is some tax relief. So, um, Ontario's realtors really pushed hard at Queens Park uh, to get land transfer tax relief. Yep. And to their credit, the Wynn government um, followed through, and now we've doubled that. So there, for many parts outside of the GTA, a first-time home buyer would not pay any land transfer tax at all. It's worth about 4000 which in the GTA isn't as much. But imagine if the city of Toronto matched that yep. uh, or at least held the line and lowered the land transfer tax because that actually is not only a barrier to getting the marketplace, it means a lot of people aren't going to move in Toronto because they get whacked with tens of thousands of dollars just for moving across the street. Yep, yep, excellent. Well, listen, Tim, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'll definitely reach out to you in the next uh, next little while and, and see how things are progressing. Yeah, my, my pleasure, Todd. Have a great weekend, and thanks for being back on the program. Excellent. Thanks so much. Folks, that was Tim Hudak. So stay with us. We're coming right back with Minutes with the Mayor. You're listening to Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. Simply Real Estate with Todd C. Slater on News Talk 1010. And welcome back. So our next section, of course, you got it, Minutes with the Mayor. And this week we are featuring uh, Hamilton. You know, of course, for most of you, you know that's the west part of the GTA. And for myself, I've been always a huge advocate of the area. Wonderful real estate, incredible new development going on, still very affordable. And we are very pleased to have the mayor of Hamilton joining us uh, today, Mr. Fred Eisenberg. And Mr. Mayor, thank you so much for joining us here at Simply Real Estate. Uh, great to be with you, Tom. So, uh, Mr. Mayor, you know what? Uh, most of our listeners are well-versed on Hamilton. I've been able to talk for the last few years at an incredible growth that you've mm-hmm. been able to sustain. Uh, you know, deemed one of the top real estate markets in Canada. 
And more importantly, you know, huge amount of development, you know, a lot of refacing. It's incredible what you're doing there now. Maybe you can talk a little bit about the city and some of the things you have upcoming in the near future. Well, thank you, John. And, uh, you know, we're certainly uh, very pleased with the uh, the renaissance that we're seeing in the city of Hamilton, both on, the, on a cultural level as well as on, on, a, on, on the growth side, both from a diverse economy, and we we're recognized to be one of the most diverse economies in the country, which is a nice transition from where we used to be, which was, uh, you know, largely steel-related. And uh, that has changed dramatically, and we're now very, very healthcare-oriented, very research-oriented. Uh, we have a number of new uh, startup companies in the tech sector uh, happening here, so employment uh, comes with uh, hopefully the ability for people to uh, to migrate here and live here and get the uh, benefit of uh, better affordability and, and easier mobility around our city. Uh, we uh, we see uh, lots of cultural growth in the music scene. Uh, it has always been very strong in Hamilton from from the from the music perspective, but not as visible as it is today. And as you know, we've hosted the Junos in uh, a number of successive years, and uh, and the music scene in Hamilton is just uh, blossoming. And uh, and we have great, fantastic open spaces. We have an escarpment that runs right through our city that gives us uh, uh, a vista of the upper and lower city that uh, that everyone can enjoy. And, and amazing trails and open spaces and parks very nearby all of our growing and uh, and robust neighborhoods. So, yeah, there's lots going on in Hamilton and more to come. And so uh, some of the key investments that we're looking at in the short run is the uh, the LRT that's coming to Hamilton that we're aggressively working on implementing with the help and assistance of the uh, the provincial government, and uh, and upcoming as well is a waterfront redevelopment on Pier Seven and Eight, former former industrial portlands that are uh, just just ready to go out to RFQ uh, for a, a final RFP for residential residential development with a, a mix of commercial right on the waterfront for some. Uh, 1,500 uh, new waterfront units right on our harbor. So very exciting developments and uh, a resurgence of condominium and uh, and uh, higher-order rental uh, developments happening right now in our downtown inner city and throughout our city, in fact. So I think people are coming to realize that uh, that Hamilton, uh, Hamilton is to uh, Toronto what Brooklyn is to <laughs> you know, I, that cool vibe. Yeah, I, I think that's a, a fabulous analogy. And, uh, you know, Mr. Mayor, I'm not sure if, you know, enough of our listeners actually have ventured into Hamilton, as you, as you had alluded to a little bit earlier. You know, uh, Hamilton for years and years was deemed a steel town, more or less. Um, but now, as you said, with the renaissance of a lot of the downtown core, you have some wonderful aged buildings. Now we're seeing, you know, a, a lot of renovations being done. Again, new construction. Uh, Mr. Mayor, who do you see? see moving in? I mean, are we seeing a lot of young families? Are we looking at professionals? Like, where, where are we seeing your population grow? We are, uh, we are uh, apparently, the, uh, apparently, statistically, we are, we, we are a great attractor for, for millennials. So the, uh, the young entrepreneurs and young uh, researchers and uh, uh, you know, young professionals that are keen to be in a place that is, uh, has got a lot of others in similar circumstances and, and you know, a cultural diversity here that, that they can participate and enjoy and, and still have uh, a better affordability than that they could find in Toronto. So we have become the, the kind of uh, magnet for millennials that uh, really is the next generation of our city. That's the city we're building for. Uh, with our transit investments and uh, future future residential investments, so 
but and so we see a lot of that uh, that coming to the city of Hamilton. We're we're uh, holding more of the students that are coming here at uh, McMaster and Mohawk College and Redeemer College and Columbia College, in fact, uh, who are finding that uh, once they get here, they find a different city than what they were first led to believe, and that image of steel industry that uh, most people see uh, heading over the Skyway is not what Hamilton has been for you know the past 20 years and certainly isn't what we are today. Yeah. So uh, they, they find a different kind of a city with uh, lots of exciting, interesting things to do, both in the outdoors and in a lot of indoor activities as well, and music and restaurants. Restaurants are blossoming uh, significantly here, largely because uh, there's just as many people interested in going to fine food restaurants here. Uh, and the uh, and the lease rates or the uh, the building uh, acquisition costs are much much lower here. So a restaurateur that uh, might uh, might be operating in Toronto or now thinking, uh, you know, maybe we need to branch out or relocate to Hamilton because we can make more money uh, <laughs> serving the same kind of people with less cost. Excellent, M- Mr. Mayor. One of the things that um, you know I think that I'd like to note for all our in- our listeners out there is the fact that Hamilton is still affordable, as you alluded to. Uh, you know, not just from a business perspective, but definitely from a uh, you know tenancy as well as home ownership. You know, it's not at the same level, obviously, as downtown Toronto. So there is affordability. People are able to buy condominiums within an affordable range. And on top of that, detached homes continue to, you know, grow in your outer markets. There are some excellent developers in the area. Um, You know, you're able to attract a lot of areas such as Stony Creek, Burlington, and Hamilton as a a hub. You know, you've got Mm -hmm. wonderful hospitals. Um, Are you finding that you've got, you know, lots of applications? Are there a lot of developers still finding Hamilton? to be the hotspot that it is? Uh, uh, more so, in fact. And what we're, we're, we're seeing is a lot more inner-city uh, redevelopment happening. Uh, so, you know, the traditional model is uh, Greenfield, uh, you know, build a, build a large swath of homes and, uh, you know, find, uh, find an attractive uh, buyer for them. That's still happening, but not as significantly as the inner-city developments and the repurposing of uh, either vacant lands or existing buildings into higher density, uh, higher value uh, uh, opportunities for residential in the inner, inner, inner city, specifically in downtown. And we're seeing that in, in some of our other nodes and corridors as well. So, you know, the center of Hamilton isn't the center of the universe. Uh, we, we see, you know, lots of development happening in the old part of, uh, of Waterdown and Stony Creek. And uh, you know, Bimbrook, in fact, is blossoming as a, as a kind of a node and corridor development area. Uh, and we have, you know, our picturesque Dundas, which is uh, probably one of the prettiest uh, little towns around and one of the oldest, that uh, is also seeing a resurgence of interest in terms of uh, higher order developments, which is part of the kind of the, uh, not only the provincial strategy, but but the city strategy as well in terms of uh, intensifying and uh, uh, growing our, our tax base. Yep. Uh, and at the same time, being able to uh, provide employment for people that uh, that we are identifying employment lands for up in and around the airport and hopefully soon uh, in the uh, former U.S. steel lands that are uh, ready and ready and willing to be used for new employment opportunities. So Excellent. I think we're hitting the right mix of, uh, of uh, high-end high end opportunities as well as middle-income opportunities, and we're mixing that with uh, employment opportunities now and into the future that uh, will continue to provide an attractive space for Hamilton Hamiltonians and for others to see Hamilton as a viable alternative to a higher cost uh, and more 
congested areas in the GTHA. Yeah, excellent. Mr. Mayor, just one final question for you, and, and this is one that I've been touching on with every mayor, and it is the fact of the foreign ownership. So buyers, of course, that are buying into a marketplace uh, that don't live in the country. You know, we obviously know uh, what Vancouver and BC faced last year, and a lot of the mayors that I've been speaking with have been saying that, you know, there is some foreign ownership. It's not at the same level that obviously Vancouver was facing. Are you seeing some of that at this point, or are, are is it basically a lot of people are using the purpose of buying to live? Yeah, I think that's that's mostly it, buying to live. We see a lot of migration from, uh, from you know, Mississauga or Toronto. Uh, for you know, a lot of retirees, in fact, that uh, that want to put some uh, some money in their pocket by selling the high-priced home and getting a, a more affordable one uh, here in Hamilton uh, that uh, you know they can put towards their retirement. Uh, and we're not seeing so much. And I've, I mean, I've had I've met with some individuals that uh, are foreign foreign investors that are looking to uh, looking for opportunities, but they're more looking at our you know peer seven and eight opportunity as a as a development opportunity. I think that uh, we're going to see a lot of foreign investment uh, investment uh, interest in that because it's a large large play in, a, in an attractive location that uh, I think can be a very exciting opportunity for a major major inner city developer to look at as a uh, as an investment opportunity for them. So I think we're seeing that kind of interest, but not on a day-to-day basis and not so much as you have seen in Vancouver where you know we we've had the in, the the infusion of the the Chinese coming in and you know buying up uh, you know expensive properties and knocking houses down and and putting up even more expensive uh, housing. We haven't really seen much of that at all. Yeah, excellent. Well, Mr. Mayor, it's been a real privilege to have you on. Thank you so much for joining us today at uh, Simply Real Estate. And by the way, uh, all the best. Hamilton's a wonderful place for people to go. Thanks, Todd. Appreciate it, and uh, happy to talk to you anytime. Excellent. Thank you so much. Folks, that was the mayor of Hamilton, Mr. Fred Eisenberger, and a real pleasure to have him on the show with us. And you know what? Again, not far down the road, easy easy ride in on the GO train. Hamilton is one of those marketplaces that if you're looking for affordability, lifestyle, it's there, it's happening, and one of the places that I would definitely encourage people to be part of. Um, so listen, I just uh, I want to thank the mayor, of course, uh, Mr. Fred Eisenberger, for joining me today as part of our section of Minutes with the Mayor. Um, I want to thank Ed Wells from Community Trust. And of course, I want to thank Tim Hudak, CEO of ARIA. It's been a real pleasure to have all our guests on this week. And uh, remember, it's one of those things. Real estate is probably the hottest topic and will remain so uh, for the next several years. For yourselves, make sure you stay focused on it. If you're going to be buying something, don't extend yourselves, folks. Just make it simple. So, um, for uh, for all of us here at Simply Real Estate, always a pleasure to have you tune in. And I want to thank my producer this week, Andre, for keeping it simple with me. And uh, for all of you for, for being part of it. And remember, next week I'm back at 3 p.m. as usual, right here at Simply Real Estate. I'm your host, Todd C. Slater. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.